Hurry up, your favorite show's about to start. Grab a Capri Sun, some Dunkaroos, and settle in for another episode of The Millennial Movie Club. Welcome back, boys and ghouls, to another episode of Millennial Movie Club. <laughs> um, awkward if you're not listening to this in October. My name is Jazzapatos, and as most of our listeners can probably relate, I struggle with anxiety. I am medicated and loving it. That's not my fact, <laughs> but it ties into the story. When I first had my first ever panic attack, as some of you might know, when you have a panic attack, symptoms can be like increased heart rate, like feeling like you're going to die, oh, but yeah. also like tingling in the extremities. And so before I realized I was having a panic attack, I just felt like extreme tingling in my hands. Like it felt like electricity was going to shoot out of my hands. And so before I realized I was having a panic attack, my first thought was, I knew it. I'm a witch and I'm finally getting my powers. That's real. <laughs> I was like, it's finally happening. So when you have a panic attack now, do you still like, well, it's kind of cool because I'm, you know, I'm getting back to my witch roots. <laughs> now I'm just like, oh, right. My brain's broken. <laughs> what could be spookier than a Mental health. <laughs> That's what I was because I had a, a fun fact, but I'm changing mine <laughs> before. Great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of mental health and panic attacks and medication and all that, uh, the first time I had a panic attack, I was on the beach and I thought my arm was on the wrong way. Wait, what? I was like, I know I can see this. Like, I, I was in like total panic and I was like, I think my arm's on backwards. Whoa. So your panic attacks it wasn't. all <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Were you on drugs? I might have been on a couple drugs, but it was mostly the panic. Great. Good. Um, here's our PSA for better health. No, I'm just kidding. We are not sponsored by any anybody, but we should be probably sponsored by BetterHelp or Zoloft or something. Yeah, something like that. I mean, you, come on, guys. We're right here. Therapy and drugs are the only reason both of us are able to show up to this podcast week after week. 100%. So it, in part, it is brought to you by therapy and drugs. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, on that note... <laughs> <laughs> the only thing spookier than depression and anxiety is obviously witches. So we are going to be talking about the movie Practical Magic. Woo, woo, woo. One of my favorites. Totally. Me too. <laughs> okay. So while <laughs> I am fully obsessed with this movie, Dan texted me last night mid-watch used the word livid. He was livid watching this film. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that either you hate spooky magic stuff, which I know you don't, mm -mm. or you hate women. <laughs> <laughs> God, can't there be a third option there? <laughs> I just don't like this movie. We can figure out why you don't like it and also <laughs> why you're wrong. Why I hate women. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I was mad the entire, like halfway through, I started to get really mad. And then by the end of the, it, at the end of the movie, I was, uh, yeah, I was livid. And I think it's carried over, what was that, like 20 hours ago? Still angry. <laughs> I haven't gotten over it. Oh, yeah. I think it's good. We'll, we will have get to have a healthy debate tonight. <laughs> yeah. I just I can't wait to like get into, I don't know when we're going to start start firing, but yeah, I guess we got to get some stuff off. You are usually the one that's like, I'm like reading off like really mean reviews and you're the one that's like, all right, I'm angry. This movie, or as your catchphrase, I thought it rocked. 
So right, that's we're not going to have that. That's going to be me tonight. <laughs> where I'm just going to be like, yes. "How dare you?" I don't want to ruffle your feathers. I just can't. Uh, yeah, it's we'll have to get late. into it. <laughs> the feathers it's much ruffled. much too late. <laughs> All right. So the description of this movie reads: Sally and Jillian Owens, born into a magical family, have mostly avoided witchcraft themselves. But when Jillian's vicious boyfriend, Jimmy Angelov, dies unexpectedly, the Owen sisters give themselves a crash course in hard magic. With policeman Gary Hallett growing suspicious, the girls struggle to resurrect Angelov and unwittingly inject his corpse with an evil spirit that threatens to end their family line. Except the whole, you know, love part and her husband dying and stuff. But I think that that synopsis touched on her husband dying pretty much the exact same amount as the, this movie did. They did not give a shit about that person dying at all. His life was pure exposition. He was a sacrifice to the exposition gods of this movie. Without a doubt. Which, like, some might say, like, the men play second fiddle in this film as they should. Maybe that's what pisses me off so much. Yeah. You're like, where's me? It's gotta be. There's no one in this movie I can relate to. Is there like an opposite? What is it? The the What test is that? I think it's the Bechdel test, right? Yeah. Where it's like, are there women in a scene without men or are they in a scene alone without talking about men? Yes. Yeah. There's certain criteria. This movie hit all of them. And maybe that's why. Maybe I like him fundamentally. You fell left yeah. out. <laughs> It's got to be. So you had a bad day. You feel a little That movie would have. You really hate women. That song would have. If that song was made in 1997, it would have been in this movie 100%. It's true. But luckily, it was not. No. And luckily, we had songs in this movie written by, fun fact, Stevie Nicks. Very purposely. Because back in the 80s, there was a rumor that Stevie Nicks was a witch. Which she never fully declined she never shut it down she just kind of laughed along so there's a good chance a witch also works on the soundtrack of this film yeah there are witches all over the place here i mean stevie nicks is very witchy in like a super badass way she's so witchy oh she's rock and roll witch hell yeah speaking of witches being all over this film fun fact so uh, it turns out that this production was actually cursed by a real witch. The making of Practical Magic got eerie when director Griffin Dunn hired a real witch to serve as a consultant. In return for her services, she was paid a fee and put up at a nice hotel. But the witch surprised him with a phone call in which she inexplicably demanded a percentage of the film's profits and an additional $250,000. <laughs> And the producers obviously wouldn't agree to this. So the witch said she was going to put a curse on both the movie and its director. So in response, naturally, they fired her. Not in the traditional witch sense. They didn't. <laughs> because the director was so caught up in the woo-woo of it all, he went and got an exorcism because he was so scared about the curse that the witch had placed on him. Either you buy into it or you don't. I feel like it's kind of a half-assed thing. It's like, yeah, I got an exorcism, but you know, he said he only paid like a hundred bucks for it. It's like, okay, so it can't be just be like, you know, I just what in is case. the standard exorcism run, like price-wise. I don't know. It can't be a hundred bucks. I mean, you think it's more? It's got to be more. I mean, from what I see in the movie, like the exorcist, nearly like I feel like I, we see a lot of exorcists die actually. So a hundred bucks. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's a Hollywood exorcism. Right, right, of course. Quick and dirty. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> drive through exorcism. Speaking of other people who thought this movie was cursed, let's read some reviews. Absolutely. I can't wait. I had to find one decent review on my side. So Janet Maslin of the New York Times writes, despite a transcendentally silly storyline and a lot more frou-frou touches than the traffic will bear, it's liable to work as escapism for anyone who thinks Little Women has too much grit. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I get that. Like, it's a story about women supporting women, a sisterhood, a coven. It certainly has its frills about it, even though there are some dark themes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my main beef maybe is that there's a lot of dark stuff in here that they didn't take seriously themselves. Like, there's a bunch of really dark moments in this where... You know, they think that her sister is going to be lost forever. And it's like, like going to do some witchy stuff to like get her out of it. It's like, wait, so do you think she's going to die? Okay, or? I can see that. Yeah, sure. I can see that. I Well, we'll get to that part of the movie, but. Yeah, yeah. Got sorry. it, got it. <laughs> but that's, that's my. Fair. <laughs> Next up, our good friend, but tonight my enemy, Roger Ebert. He's not a fan. I'll put it that way. Not a fan. He gave it two out of four stars, which is still good. No. It's not a one. <laughs> he writes, practical magic is too scary for children. <laughs> Much too scary for children. <laughs> and too childish for adults. Who was it made for? On the one hand, you have cute witches making jokes about magic potions and herbal shampoos. And on the other hand, you have a kidnapping by an abusive boyfriend who dies of an overdose, but not for long. Moldy evil spirits rise up out of other people's bodies and teaspoons stir on their own. Still pending at the outcome is whether pancake flipping somehow immunizes Gary from the knell of the Death Watch beetle. Yeah, so I mean, he's just kind of like, it's silly. It is what it is. He doesn't love it, which is fine. Maybe it's it's just not for you, Raj. Yeah, you probably just don't understand it. You, you're not emotionally deep enough, I guess, which got to be the same for me because- Target audience, women who think they're witches. I am the target audience, 100%. Anyone else, like, I get it. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never thought I was a witch. Next time you have a panic attack, you might. That's a good point. <laughs> Try to <laughs> flip my arm back around. Next, of course, the scariest place of all is the Amazon reviews. <laughs> one is douchey and one is completely bizarre. <laughs> that sounds exactly what the <laughs> what we're looking for yeah, in those reviews. Yeah, pretty on brand for this section of the pod. Our first review coming from Barrett titled Bros Get Back. He writes, guys, this movie is not great, but you'll score points with your girlfriend for watching it with her. That being said, the movie does have two redeeming qualities. Young Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman has bangs. What? <laughs> What's that second part? <laughs> They're both completely stunning in this movie. You have to give me that. 100%. I've never, I don't know why this is the case, but I've never really found... Sandra Bullock, like, she's just not for me. I just recognize wow. her as this, like, really beautiful person. And in this movie, I was head over heels in love with her. Enchanting, perhaps? Oh, very enchanting. I feel like she put a spell on me in a way. You and every other dude in this film. Next review we have from A Mysterious Stranger titled Deteriorating Magic. He writes, I saw this movie in early January of 1999 in my suite at the Monte Carlo Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> frankly i don't understand why so many women seem to be in love with this movie if this is what passes for female-centric today well so much the worse 
Having said this, the movie did seem scary to me, maybe because I watched it in a specific environment. The lampshades in my suite were black, and I had overeaten that <laughs> night at the buffet. <laughs> the movie helped give me indigestion and disturbed my sleep. The movie is not magical, and its characters are certainly not practical. <laughs> Is he just like taking from, I, I think that's what happened with uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Like he, he starts seeing all those apparitions and he's like, oh, yeah. it must have been some bad gruel that I ate. <laughs> he's like, that uh, that buffet at the Monte Carlo Hotel and Casino. <laughs> oh, shut up. I ate too many clams. And now, <laughs> what a fucking um, weirdo. That review was written by the dude from the Dos Equis commercials. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been way more interesting if it was the that. most interesting man in the world. Anyway, Ugh. well, I just like to say I don't align myself with all three of those those bad ones. Those okay. are not what my beef is with this movie. So you didn't watch it in your suite at the Monte Carlo Hotel and Casino. <laughs> I felt like I was watching it in an opium den. That's what I felt like. I was like, "What is happening here?" <laughs> I couldn't figure out what emotion they were trying to make me feel at any given moment. Were you on drugs? No, actually. I can't like blame it on anything else. Right. Yeah, it's just you. It's just me. Purely you. Okay. I have to live with that, so. <laughs> As do I now for the rest of our lives <laughs> yeah, together. That's right. <laughs> Till death do us part. Till death do us pod. Oh, nice. I was tasked with the cast and crew. Oh, which I totally skipped. That's okay. Oopsie doopsie. So the movie was directed by Griffin Dunn. And fun fact, he is Joan Didion's nephew, which is pretty crazy. Oh, interesting. Didion. Joan Didion. Also, another weird, interesting fact, really sad, sad fact, is his sister, Dominique Dunn, was an actress. She starred in Poltergeist. And the year it premiered in 1982, the day before Halloween, was strangled to death in West Hollywood by her ex-boyfriend. Oh, shit. And that's like a huge... Yeah plot point of this film it's like a huge theme exactly. in here oh yeah. yikes very sad I, I know that the uh i will get into it but the book seems to be i i've never read the book but it seems to be much different than the movie yeah it was definitely a departure from the book they just like created whole new things it seemed like but um yeah the book is by alice hoffman it's called practical magic Jilly and Sally don't go to live with their aunts. There's no curse that kills their lover. So for the cast, we've got Sandy Bullock as uh, Sally Owens. We know her from uh, Miss Congeniality, Speed, Gravity, uh, just America's Sweetheart. Speed 2. Speed 2. <laughs> and apparently she did this movie because she was so pissed off that she did Speed 2. She's like, I'm not doing She's this She's like, anymore. I'm done trying to make big blockbusters anymore. I'm just going to do shit that's interesting and less risky. Good for you. I mean, she was in Bird Box. That was kind of tight. Her sister, Jillian Owens, is played by Nicole Kidman, fresh off of um, Eyes Wide Shut. She's been in Moulin Rouge, The Hours. She's in uh, Big Little Lies. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, God. She's just yeah. fucking incredible. I mean, she's I love her. an anomaly. She is. I have to say that in almost everything I've ever seen her in, though, she has at least like three slips. Like she can't maintain that American accent 
all the way through, even though it's like pre- pretty perfect. But there's some times where it just like slips through. I can't imagine how hard that is. So I don't blame her at all. I always blame the editors. I'm like, you had several other takes of this. And why did you let this slip through the cracks? But Well, that was another thing, too. So Nicole Kidman was coming off of a Stanley Kubrick movie where she was doing like 70 takes for a scene. And Sandy Bullock was doing like two or three. So they were on kind of different schedules. Definitely different wavelengths. And then we've got the the aunts. Uh, So Aunt Frances and Aunt Jet. We've got... Stalker Channing. So she was in Greece as Rizzo. Yeah, she was. Of course, that's the one that you're going to (laughs) gravitate towards. Naturally. Her sister, uh, Aunt Jed, is Diane Wiest. She was in uh, The Birdcage. She's also in Synecdoche, New York, uh, a movie that is probably not that well known, but it's got to be one of my favorite movies ever, and she's so good in it. There's uh, Evan Rachel Wood uh, is also in this movie. Yes, which I never noticed until this watch. She is young Evan Rachel Wood, and she is just as good as, of course she would be as a child actor. Yeah, of course. And really pulls it off as a redhead. She's a very adorable redhead. For sure. And then the last one I want to say is a name I can't pronounce, Jimmy Angelov, which is played by Goran Viznicic. Does that sound like I'm anywhere close? Mm Mm-hmm. So the character of Jimmy was supposed to be from Texas, but when uh, the the director, Griffin Dunn, saw Goran Viznicic in Welcome to Sarajevo, um, he asked him to audition, and then they just changed Jimmy Hawkins to uh, Jimmy Angelov, an Eastern European, because the actor was Croatian. What a fucking honor to have a whole part changed because they want you so badly. Well, and they describe him as like Dracula cowboy. It does work. I mean, he's a terrifying character. Yeah, I think it works because of its specificity. It's like that South Park episode where they figure out that the Family Guy episodes are created by manatees pushing idea balls into certain slots. <laughs> like, it seems like they created that character. It's like, all right, who's got Dracula? And then we're going with uh, Cowboy, too. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Mm, okay. Like, it's so specific. Yeah. What about the male lead? And sorry, the last one is uh, Gary Hallett, police officer, detective. I can't. I can never tell. What... Yeah, investigator, police sure. officer. Who's played by Aiden Quinn? He was in a bunch of movies I'd never seen, including Legend of the Fall, which I know I'm I'm supposed to watch. Oh man, I may have to revoke your manhood card because that is like I know. That's wild. I've seen it. I mean, we should do it. Huh, I don't know if we could do that for the pod. There's no way I'm doing this. That sh- <laughs> okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll see why. <laughs> okay. I've, I don't even you'll know find out why. Um, oh, man. Yeah. PJ and my dad are both like, obsessed with that movie. Every man in my life is obsessed with that movie. Every man is obsessed with it. Yeah. yeah. I guess I should watch it. <laughs> yeah. He was in Benny and June, Desperately Seeking Susan. He was charming-ish. He has that rugged... <laughs> American cowboy quality, the not the yes. non-vampire cowboy vibe. Earnest but rugged, just the kind of guy that you want to come step in when you're in trouble and then push you up a wall and make out with you. Sure. Yeah. Even when you are admitting to a crime. Yeah. As you're confessing murder. <laughs> <laughs> he cuts you off to make out. That drove me crazy. She Sandra Bullock is probably like my actress icon all of my life. Like I just want to be her. So when the industry decides it needs a new Sandy Bullock, let me know. You know you're listening, industry. <laughs> industry, if you're listening, and we know you are. <laughs> you gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> if not, what are we doing all this uh, for? <laughs> what the fuck is this all for? <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> not for my enjoyment. <laughs> 
and definitely not for my health. No. So I'm, I'm giving Jazz Agita talking about that I don't like this movie. So <laughs> anyway, let's dive into the plot. We <laughs> open with narration. We hear the aunts talking to their young nieces. We are looking at some pilgrims about to hang a witch. They say, for more than 200 years, we Owen women have been blamed for everything that's ever gone wrong in this town. We see their great aunt Maria, like 200 years ago, back in the witch trial days. Essentially, how it sounded was like all the dudes in the town were in love with her. She basically like fucked all the guys. And, you know, what better way to dispose of your mistress back when it was allowed than accuse her to be a witch and sentence her to hang. Your marriage is saved. They also feared her because she had a gift, and that was the gift of magic that's been passed on through the generations of Owen's women. Aunt Maria jumps off the gallows, and her noose snaps. And so, of course, that freaks everyone out. They run away. She's banished to an island with her unborn child growing inside her. She waits for her lover to come save her, but he never does. So she creates a spell over any man who chooses to love an Owen's woman, but that kind of over time changes into a curse. Any man that loves and Owen's woman in time will hear the chirp of the death watch beetle and then he's pretty dunsky. So when she gets hung, the noose snaps. That really is proof that she's a witch, right? So I guess that means that anyone who died during the witch trials was not really a witch because witches could have just sort of gotten out of it, which I guess I keep saying witch, witch. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> So that logic kind of fucks with Hocus Pocus. It worked for the time, though, because you could push a witch off a cliff and she didn't fly. It's like, well, sorry, that was our bad. but <laughs> My bead. Yeah. So we cut to the sisters as children with their parents playing on the beach. Their mother hears the chirp of the Death Watch beetle and knows that her husband is is going to die soon. So they lose their father and shortly after their mother dies of a broken heart. The two little girls... Jillian and Sally go to live with their aunts in this just gorgeous mansion in this seaside town. So little fun facts about this house. Practical Magic was filmed on San Juan Island in Washington, and there really wasn't like a big, beautiful mansion to work with. So that meant they had to build a fake one. It was designed and built in like different parts. It was kind of like uh, what they call an architectural shell. So it contained only the parts that would be seen on camera. However, they found the perfect location. It's like right on this water, very picturesque. The only hitch was that this land had a rich native history. So the local authorities would not allow the filmmakers to dig into the soil. So they agreed to build the mansion on top of a platform so that the soil wouldn't be damaged. And then basically as soon as filming was over, they had to knock it down, demolish it. Somebody who loved this movie right away and wanted to buy the mansion to live in it was Barbara Streisand. And they had to tell her like, it's not a real house. It's so (laughs) sad because like you have to tell Barbara Streisand like, oh, I don't think you understand how movies work. This isn't real. Like it's not a real house. Like someone who's been in in many, many movies. Right. But good on her. I mean, that house is so cool. She's beautiful. like, fine, it's not real. Then do me a love spell. <laughs> it's like, no, it's a movie. None of it, none of it is real. Oh. So I guess Washington's not a real place. No, it is a it is a real place. It's just like two hours later. You know. Get your cauldron and whip me up a potion. God damn it. Like how many times? Uh, they just like send the witch from production. They're just like, just here you go. 
<laughs> but she's going to come back for you after you don't give her a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She will curse the shit out of you. Anywho, these little girls are now living with their aunts who are very clearly witches. And they're very, you know, they lead a very unconventional life. They, you know, they're like, we eat chocolate cake for breakfast and we never bother with bedtime. You know, let's do spells and never do our homework, which is great, except for the fact that everyone in this town knows that they're witches and they're outsiders. So like the girls want to play with other kids in the neighborhood and they all start chanting. Witch, witch, you're a witch, 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 you're a witch. Yeah, those kids suck kids in the motherfucking 90s man good thing i was never a kid in the 90s <laughs> right. i don't remember ever being that mean no somebody could call me on that you know who knows who among us hasn't chucked a big old stick at a witch's head or whatever so the girls are practicing their spells when they hear a knock at the door a woman who is super distressed comes in to pay them to do a love spell so she can have the man she's obsessed with be in love with her. And this is a much bigger part in the books where the ants are outcasts in society. But while the town publicly kind of shun them and like curse them and call them names, they are all constantly showing up. Women really are showing up at their back door in the night, heartbroken, kind of with money, begging them to do spells for them to fix something. So while they don't show it in oh. this scene, you know, the woman's just like, I want him to be so obsessed with me that he can't even take it, you know? And they're like, all right, be careful what you wish for. Here's a needle. Stab this pigeon in the face. Oof. Which I have to say, there were a lot of angry reviews about that. They didn't really do it. <laughs> I, they didn't even show it. No. But they were like, in the first 10 minutes, they stab a poor bird in the heart. I turned it off immediately. <laughs> I mean, get a life. so that plot point seems great. I love that. And it's so easily accomplished. Like, why, why isn't that woman, unless I missed it, why isn't that woman like leading the charge against them later? Because then that would accomplish it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the second plot point to that woman in the book is that so she's like, I want him to want me so much. He can't stand it. It's the man who's married, who she's in love with. The spell works and he's obsessed with her, but he's like so in love with her that it like completely gives her the ick. And she's like, he won't leave me alone. He won't like, can't you turn it off? And they're like, no, that's what you wanted. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like this thing where they they all want help. They're all like, curse you for you know, giving me exactly what I thought I wanted. Right, right. It's like the be careful what you wish for thing. Like these shoes will make you the fastest runner in the world, but you can never stop running like in Rick and Morty. And yeah, right. there's always some catch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, the girls watch them like help this woman perform the spell. And they also know that their mother died of a broken heart. So young Sally that night goes into their little spell room. What would you call It's like a room. It's like a greenhouse with all their herbs. And she decides to make a spell where like her only true love will be this man that she's creating that could never exist. So she gives him all the stipulations so he can ride a horse backwards. He has one green eye, one blue. He can flip pancakes in the air, like all of these things that could never exist all in one person. And she says he doesn't exist. And if he doesn't exist, then I can never die of a broken heart. I feel like I fundamentally don't understand this. Basically, she's saying... She never wants to fall in love. So she says that basically makes a spell that like her soulmate, the person that she would be with, would be this person. And if he doesn't exist, then she'll never fall in love. She'll never die of a broken heart. She'll never, you know, sort of lose control. So the goal is for her to never fall in love with anybody. Not that she finds him and he won't die. She's saying the only way I can fall in love is to 
through these stipulations and they can't possibly be anybody. Correct. Okay. Or got so it, it. she thought. Her imagination is has some limits. I mean, it's just like a very doable thing. Yeah. <laughs> like he can flip pancakes. Sure. There are people with two different color eyes. I would have been yeah, like, right. he's got three dicks. And <laughs> yeah, literally. You could be, he's half a guana. Like you could do anything. And she's just like, well, he can sit on a horse the wrong way. But he has feet larger than size 10. It's like, I'll never find a right? man like that. Don't worry, I'll be alone forever. He's a man, but he loves practical magic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That would have been a way, way safer bet. Well, my dude does love practical magic. He actually welled up a little bit in the eyes at some part. So oh. anything is possible. Anyway. <laughs> We flash forward, the girls are grown into Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. Nicole Kidman, or Jillian, is rambunctious. She's running away with a boyfriend. She just needs to get out of this town, and he's her ticket out. And Sandra Bullock, you can tell, is a little bit more on the introverted side. You know, she doesn't want her sister to leave, but they swear a blood oath. Basically, they slice open their hands and press them together that Jillian will come back, and they'll grow old together, and they'll die at the same time. She's still at home with the aunts. Or Sally is just like, all I want is a normal freaking life. She's miserable. And Jillian's out on the road sending them postcards. They're like, oh, she's in Orlando. Oh, like, the most exotic place they could think of. Yes, that's right. I mean, those ants are like ducks, man. Like, they get let everything just roll off their back. They like kind of like don't it. They give a I fuck. And they are like, yeah, they're pretty ballsy, honestly. I mean, I guess they've probably just seen a lot. Yeah, because they're supposed to be really old, right? I mean, that's what I've read. Yeah. Like, they're supposed to be more than naturally old, like over 100. Right, which is I'm like guessing. how they des- they basically designed their costumes for this film to, to signify like they're kind of have right. lived through right. other eras. But, you know, she's miserable and they can tell. And suddenly Sally locks eyes with this man on the street who like works in produce <laughs> and then <laughs> literally could have been anyone. <laughs> He, all I know is that he's constantly pushing fruit around on, yeah, a, wheel, it's on not like, like a dolly. Apple futures or something like that. No, he's like no. carting carting apples around. Literally, yeah. The aunts are like, okay, you know what? Let's give this girl just a little something to be happy about. They cast a little spell. And all of a sudden, like the clock strikes, the, the, the alarm bells. That's not alarm bells. Like the church bells <laughs> right. ring. What, yeah, what, they, what is it? Clock. Clock chimes what uh, are they what like, the chimes <laughs> toll i don't know the bell tolls <laughs> the yeah. bell tolls really good um and all of a sudden she just like stops what she's doing runs back to the market and they just like embrace in the street and start making out never said a word nope. to each other all of a sudden we flash forward they have Two daughters together, and they're just living, as she says, a blissfully normal life, which is all she wanted. Those ants really picked a winner because it seemed like she was genuinely really, really happy. They seemed to get along like peas and carrots. Honestly. And then you're like, but was it real or was it just the spell? But later we find out they were like, well, we didn't expect you to really fall in love with them. Yeah. So what was the spell like, then? We just wanted you to get some. Right, right. Honestly, they were like, just get some and get over yourself. You're so whiny and annoying. Get fucked. <laughs> How are we going to... Convince some guy to have sex with Sandra Bullock at the peak of her <laughs> sexual prime. Right. We're going to have to cast a spell on him, clearly. This guy sees nothing but fruit and produce. <laughs> like, he'll never notice somebody like her. Right. There's like 40 women in town. And they most of them are. Sp- 
<laughs> they just cast a spell on him that every time he looks at her, he just sees like a large banana. He's just like. <laughs> I want that movie. That's yeah, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> they're cursed, but they're they have kids and they're loving it. Meanwhile, Jillian is at pool parties, grinding all over dudes. She's just like living her best party girl life. Mm-hmm. But she becomes obsessed with this guy named Jimmy Angelov. This guy is so badass. It's so crazy. He was really sexy to me until he opened his mouth. Yeah. I couldn't tell whether they were going to try to make him into like someone that she was interested in or whether he was just going to be a bad guy, like in the mafia or something like that. He just is basically like the devil in life and in death. Super, super possessive. Like, But to me, I was just like, ew, what a... Just clingy, like she's just like I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and he's like I'll go with you. (laughs) Yeah, and then he does like the beta thing. It's like, haha, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Where's my hug? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Get a couple of those in there. He's like not even a bad guy. He just has like an anxious attachment style. Yeah, right. (laughs) He's like, I just don't want to sleep because I'll miss you too much. So she like has to like drug him (laughs) to make him sleep at night so she can have some peace. Like my fist was just missing your eye for a really long time. (laughs) One night, Sally is in bed with her husband and her kids, and she hears the chirp of the Death Watch beetle, and she knows exactly what that means. So we see her like in her home, frantically trying to find and kill this beetle. She's like ripping up all the floorboards. Simultaneously, her husband is in town carting fruit. This is one criticism that I tried to stay away from most criticism to not, you know, let it pollute my own opinion. But one of the criticisms I think was more of a question. It was like, so if she finds that beetle, is everything chill? Like, Right. There, There's no, we don't ever find out. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. if, And honestly, I don't even know if that's true, but I think and that when you're in that place, you're so frantic. You're like, whatever I can do to make this thing stop chirping, like, you know, it's just like a fixation on something that she can control, you know, trying to battle something that she clearly cannot control, which is right. this curse. And she knows like her husband's dead meat. So he gets hit by a truck. Sure does. Uh, I, I didn't know that he died because they didn't show him getting hit. Yeah, he doesn't die. They just jump cut straight into While You Were Sleeping, starring Sandra Bullock. <laughs> It's just, it's also like... It's like she she was his wife. I mean, it is also like his profession defines him in this movie. Like they show him one other time, like chasing the kids (laughs) around, but it's like he must tote produce from truck to to business like 22 hours a day because they I, I don't even know if he has any lines like I feel like he might have one line right before he gets hit by the truck and he's just like I'll get you these apples Jerry <laughs> you know like that's literally it oh nuts <laughs> which I guess is like how we're able to <laughs> oh applesauce I, and I feel like it's probably intentional so that we don't grow too attached to this dude because we have to move on fairly quickly too quickly <laughs> arguably too quickly but you know somebody who's not moving on from this too quickly is poor sally oh i feel like she does there's only like one scene in which she is like she's really i mean sandra bullock is killing this yeah she's like i feel like a lot happens and time passes in a very short amount of time so like sally comes barging into her aunt's house and she's so upset and she's just like you put him in my life now bring him back And they're like, we can't. Like, he'll come back as something else. It'll be very dark. It won't be, it will be very unnatural. I loved her in this scene. Me too. Like, just the desperation. Yeah, she has like a full breakdown. I mean, I I do wish that they explored a little bit more about that stuff that you're talking about 
about before, like why, you know, him coming back, it wouldn't be him. That's fair. Yeah, because it's, I guess because like it's dark magic. To me, what I got from it is like, I guess when you die, like they can bring the body back, but like the spirit that comes back in it is not the person, is not like the soul of the person who inhabited the body. So like just like some dark spirits and shit can end up kind of like, but it's hard to tell because Jimmy was obviously already a shit bag. <laughs> right, right. That's what I mean. Like he wasn't. <laughs> Maybe he became more devilish, but it would have been interesting because I think that that's one of my favorite parts of the scene where they're like, no, he won't be the same person. And she's like, I don't even care. Yeah. I just need this thing in my life. Like, I don't care if it's even the same person. Oh, God. Needless to say, Sally and her two daughters move back into the aunt's house, but she's like, there will be no chocolate cake for breakfast. Homework will be done. We will never do magic. So she kind of like shuts off her own powers and just like wants to stay away from she's scarred on magic. So the sisters are definitely like connected psychically. They have this bond. And so Jillian has a feeling that Sally needs her. She's with Jimmy and it's clear he's very possessive. So she puts a little something in his drink to knock him out and takes off in the car to Sally. And so the sisters are reunited again, which is good. She clearly needs it. Jillian says to Sally, do you forgive our mother? And she says, sometimes. And she says, well, you'll never forgive yourself if you don't get out of bed and take care of those little girls. She's also like, and brush your teeth. Your breath stinks. (laughs) I can't even imagine. (laughs) Only something you could say to your sister as she's grieving the death of her husband. Like, she's starting to smell like shit. Like real, like actual (laughs) shit. Sally gets back out into the world. She opens up this apothecary shop that she was going to open with her husband and all, you know, all of his produce (laughs) and he would source everything yeah but now they're back in this town her daughters are getting the same kind of like bullying that they got when they were little the witch witch you're a bitch chance so um you know it's tough and sally is clearly lonely she wants to find love again but she's scared it's just an impossibility for her as she's sending this letter off to her sister about just detailing the kind of love that she wants the phone starts ringing and she knows it's jillian she knows jillian's in trouble so she immediately leaves and goes and find her she finds her in a motel room kind of beaten all the way up like roger said this is like really heavy for i did not expect it to be like this it's like really heavy shit oh yeah there are adult themes in this for sure she's trying to help jillian escape but of course jillian needs to go back into his car to get like a a stone that is good luck And Jimmy's in the car with a gun, basically takes them both hostage. The sisters use their ESP to communicate. Jilly tells Sally that she has belladonna in her purse, which is an herb you can use to make people sleep. But also with too much of it, it can poison them. Yeah, she did not add that caveat. Certainly not. (laughs) At the time. Definitely not. This is also his greatest weakness. Like he's supposed to be a kind of smart guy. It's like, hey, Jimmy. Look what I've got. Yeah. He's like, ooh. Yum, yum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yum, yum. Yeah. Uh, he cannot resist tequila. So she puts this in his tequila. Dude is a total psycho, by the way. He's just like really sick and like saying all the sexual shit. Like, I, you know, I'm really feeling sisters right now. And like, so he like has this skull ring and he's heating it up with a lighter and he's trying to brand Jillian with it. Eventually, they get him to drink the tequila. It's taking a while to work. They're like, why isn't he falling asleep? He like goes to take a leak He and he's singing, you were always on my mind. He starts strangling Jillian to death, which now takes on a whole other meaning now that we we know the director's sister was strangled to death by her boyfriend. For real. Yeah. Oof. 
But then all of a sudden, he just dies on top of her. Jillian gets the idea where she was like, let's just bring him to the aunt and they'll bring him back from yeah. the dead. Bingo, bango. Easy. Sally's like, no, he'll come back as something dark and unnatural. And she's like, he already is dark and unnatural. We get back to the house and the, the aunts are not there, but they decide to do the casting themselves. Neither one of them is very practiced in magic, mind you. No. And I mean, Sally kind of avoided witchcraft, but Jilly didn't. But she clearly, I mean, I guess she didn't avoid it, but she clearly did no research during her whole life about not only witchcraft, just like how to read recipes in general. Yeah, like they make yeah. it clear that Sally is really gifted in, with the craft, but Jillian not so much. They're no. like, you have your own gifts, Jillian. Dot, dot, dot. Your yeah. vagina. <laughs> You're super hot. <laughs> You're like really flirty. You'll be fine. Yeah, what the fuck yeah. else do you need? Give it a rest, Don't be so man. greedy. Yeah. They're doing the casting themselves, you know, kind of shoddy work. And then suddenly his eyes pop open. And he starts choking Jillian again. It's like, I want you to be my wife. And <laughs> Sally smashes him in the head with a frying pan. So he's like, they kill him. They revive him. They kill him again. I don't know what they expected. I don't either. <laughs> he was trying to kill you in life. Like, what did he? <laughs> you had right. to kill him in self-defense. So then you brought him back and then you had to kill him in self-defense. And the first self-defense was like, you could. I bet you could get away with that. Like, I don't know. He he just drank something. I don't even know what the thing was. He just died in my car. Now right. he has a gigantic cast iron griddle mark on his head. It's like you clearly smashed this dude's skull in. Yeah. Right. His skull smashed in. I, in the moment, I was like, can you, if he's already dead, like, would that do anything? I don't know. Is he 100% alive or is he... Is he more fragile? Is it like killing a zombie? You know, like, I guess because like zombies are dead or undead, I guess. But if you like shoot them in the head, if you like destroy their brains, like they die. So I guess it's kind of similar to that. It happens with a human too. Right. So they bury him in the backyard and they're in the rain and the mud. The aunts and Sally's daughters get back home and everyone's very happy to have Jillian home. But some weird shit is going on in the garden. A rose bush immediately grows over where they've buried him. One of Sally's daughters, Evan Rachel Wood, is like looking out the window and kind of has like a weird look on her face. But he's out there in her mind. Like you could see it from her point of view. Yeah. So we don't, yeah, we don't know it yet. But basically like- Sally's daughter clearly has a gift of witchcraft as well, and she can see him. So later on, she's like, who's that man? The man under the right. roses. She could, No one else can see him, but she can see him. So it's like, we know he's around. Then we have one of the most famous scenes in the movie. Midnight Margaritas! <laughs> Midnight Margaritas scene. There was not as much acting going on as you might think because the cast and most of the crew all got actually drunk on tequila before shooting the scene. Taking shots. Sounds like a party to me. We see the ants like concocting a potion, but it's actually margaritas. And they wake the two sisters up and then all four of the witches are drinking margaritas at midnight, dancing around the kitchen, putting limes in the coconut. It seems like when they drink tequila, they start kind of uncontrollably truth telling and like saying insane shit to each other. There's like name calling. I thought we were going to follow that up a little bit too, where it was like their truth telling is brutal. Yes. And part of me feels like, at first we think this is just like a happy-go-lucky scene, right? Of them just kind of like bonding, having fun, and then like getting a little carried away. Then the ants start singing drunkenly. You were always on my mind, which was the last song Jimmy was singing right before he died. The first time. Yeah, the first time. (laughs) 
the girls are like, what the fuck? And then all of a sudden Sandra Bullock looks at the tequila bottle and it's this like the same tequila that Jim used to drink. And she's like, where did you get this bottle? And they start singing, someone left it on the porch. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's clear that Jimmy's spirit is fucking with them. And this is where I put the pieces together where the ants are like, yeah, start answering questions, bitches. So I wonder if they maybe put some kind of truth serum in the margaritas. Right. Because... They set it up like they're making a potion and they're, and then you're like, oh, it's margaritas. Oh, wait. It's like actually kind of like a truth serum and the ants are like, you've been hiding something from us bitches and you should tell us what right. it is. And they know shit's afoot. So which they decide, they're like, fine, if you don't want to share with us, then we'll let you clean up your own mess. And they just skip town. They're like, you handle it. Yeah. They just fly off like the genie when he goes to Disney World. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I think the roses are a little bit more believable. Than a tequila bottle showing up. He's like. Very specific brand He's like, it's not that hard. I just Uber Eats ordered it. (laughs) Yes, right. It's like, are you familiar with (laughs) GoPaw? Right. So next day, Sally is in the in the garden, just like kind of ferociously chopping down these rose bushes, trying to like, that'll do it. That'll get rid of them. And uh, <laughs> Special Investigator Hallett yep. shows up and is no doy looking for Jimmy Angelov. She like freaks out. She like goes to her sister, Jillian, and is like, what the fuck do I do? And Jillian's like, um, chill, <laughs> fucking chill. I got this. So basically like Nicole Kidman all but goes down on this guy. You know, she's just turning up the sexuality and he's like not really having it. He's like kind of pretty much immediately drawn to Sandra Bullock. But so is Sandra Bullock too. Like she is Mm -hmm. really laying it on hard. This is where the movie totally lost me. This exact scene. Not not initially. She's like super nervous in the beginning and she's just like stumbling and she's like kind of coming clean while he's questioning them. I don't know. I feel like she's dripping with like, uh, you know, she's flirting with them. Not yet soon but not yet later when she first see i just feel like you maybe you misunderstood this movie a little bit (laughs) i just didn't understand so initially when he comes over she's like all freaked out and she like cannot hold her tongue and he was like so that car in the driveway is that yours and jillian's like oh yeah that's my car and he's like that's jimmy angelov's car he's like come on ladies like help me help you and sandra bullock is just like yeah it's his car We 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 stole his car, which is an offense because he was trying to kidnap her. And then, you know what I mean? Like, she's very, like, she's all freaked out. Yes. He tells them that they have found a, a strangled woman on the side of the highway with a brand on her. And Jimmy is the main suspect. So they're trying to find him, which is then like, oh, he was trying to brand Jilly before he died. So, like, he's been killing women all over. I assume that they thought he's investigating the disappearance of Jimmy, which is why he, like, shares all the evidence with them, like their peers. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So he just, he knows they're hiding something from him. And he's just, he just is trying to find the truth. So he doesn't get anything out of them that day. He goes all around town asking people what they know. And they all have these crazy stories about the sisters. This one old lady is like, they've got a placenta bar and they are cooking a placenta. Like that's like yeah. the, <laughs> one of the main things. I'm like, get over it. You don't think the Kardashians are munching placenta? Like, Right. Now they don't know that that's like the main ingredient for most LA restaurants at this point. I think. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
he's just hearing all this crazy shit about them being witches and he's just like what the fuck is going on but there's this obvious chemistry between Sally and the detective he turns up to Sally's store and she's just like I'll answer questions for you like come over whatever on Saturday at 10 o'clock it's a date it's a date (laughs) so unprofessional Jillian and the girls are crafting a little potion to like send him away forever and Evan Rachel Wood finds her mom's journal from when she was a kid with this list of like all of the things about her soulmate, you know, that she wrote in this book. Pancake flipping, all different color eyes. He can hear her from miles away, right? Is that what? Yeah, he could hear her. Yeah. Call for help a mile away or something. Yeah. So when he shows up at the house, they're like, stay for breakfast. We're making pancakes. And they like put this potion in the syrup that's when sally's like a little bit more flirty with him they're like he's asking her questions and they're in the little greenhouse and asks her if she and her sister killed james angeloff and she goes oh yeah it's like a couple times what are we doing here what do we what's going on here <laughs> right you came over to ask me to came to ask some serious questions he's also asking her about all this witchy shit like what is actually going on here anyway he heads into the kitchen turns out he can flip pancakes and make them in the shape of a cactus and how and <laughs> he makes a point and it's true like really. i can see where in a scene like this you get a little whiplash because he goes from questioning her about murder to staying for breakfast with her kids getting to know the kids yeah yeah but the girls start noticing things about him they're like wait he can flip pancakes <laughs> wait a second Whoa. <laughs> then they're like can you ride a horse backwards which is one of the things he's like yep forwards backwards one of the qualities was his favorite shape is a star and he has the star on his right, badge. Right. So suddenly they realize like, oh my God, this is going to be the love of my mom's life. So as soon as- Yeah, fuck, fuck my dad. Yeah. Like, he's been him. dead for all of five minutes. So yeah. <laughs> as soon as Jillian's trying to give him the syrup with the spell to make him basically go away forever, the girls take it and just run and dump it off a cliff. Yeah. And it takes them a while to get to the cliff. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Suddenly, a frog. Like one of the things that like is a sign that Jimmy's spirit is around is like frogs are turning up everywhere. But this is the first time we know that. This is the first time we see it. <laughs> There's a huge frog, really loud frog, and it just like burps up Jimmy's ring. There's a frog and everyone stops the conversation and is like, Wait, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Just all go around the frog. <laughs> it's just super loud. And they're just like, oh, cute nature. And it just literally burps up this skull right. ring. And he's just like, the fuck are you playing at? Right. He's just like, you girls better lawyer all the way up. Yeah, but I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. For a date. I mean, yeah. it is one of those things where it's like that frog, like, bleh, like up this huge <laughs> ring. And then he's like. Oh, man, you guys are really pulling my leg. It's like, in what way could they have yeah. engineered are you f- that Yeah, like happen? they're fucking with him. <laughs> right. How are you orchestrating that frog? Well, like, Nicole Kidman uh, says uh, something. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Kidman even says something like, oh, I've been looking for that. Yeah, we like, it's like one of his tricks. Oh, yeah. He's like, so you're training frogs to just like dangle evidence in front of me? You fucking weirdos. Yeah. Anyway, so Jillian and Sally get in this big fight. She's just like, I'm always cleaning up your messes. And then Jillian's like, you're wasting your gifts. We're never going to be normal. Her literal messes. I mean, she's just like She literally smashing smashes everything on the floor. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And Sally's like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm over this. I can't handle this. So she runs after Gary 
back to his hotel <laughs> and to tell him the truth. The Hotel du Mont or whatever that place is that that Amazon reviewer was from. <laughs> the Monte oh, Carlo the Hotel and Casino. Yeah. <laughs> Black lampshades. Yeah, the whole full buffet. <laughs> Frog legs. Bad clams. <laughs> She's like, first of all, how did you find us? And it's because he found the letter that she wrote to her sister about being lonely and the kind of love she wants. And clearly he's read it many, many times. Thousands. Thousands. He's trying to get her to confess to murder. And he's like, look, I'll do anything I can to keep you out of harm's way. And then they just start going at it. And it's so hot. It's so hot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I Okay. I don't think that I've ever had a, a, a legit spit take. <laughs> In my whole entire life, I swear to God, you could ask Emily, I spit my water across the room. Like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? They have magical chemistry. Like, they, I mean, you know, they've had chemistry for ages already. And now they're in a hotel room and it's, things are very intense and they're very close to each other. It just, you know, urges take over. Sure. I mean, like, I don't care. Is he like a fucking detective? Like, he's like... Okay, so now he really thinks that, he, like, after she says, after he says, I will do whatever it takes to keep you safe, all cards on the table, right? We are meant to think that he knows that she mm -hmm. killed him, right? Basically, I mean. And then he's like, I'm just going to start hooking up with you. I mean, there are, there are larger powers at play here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, she's literally her magical soulmate. Like, he can't, you know, we find out later, like, that letter basically, like, led him to her. He, like, felt hold to her one of the also the stipulations was like he will always help her like stay out of harm's way how convenient <laughs> so he's kind of like bound by magic to protect her you know so it's like right uh anyway they're kind of going at it and then all of a sudden she sees that he has one green eye and one blue eye and she's like oh fuck i gotta get the fuck out of here yeah she realizes who he is she runs home. Why is she so freaked out by this? Like, isn't shouldn't she be psyched? Well, the whole point of this was that she would never fall in love. And so now she's like, oh, fuck, this guy exists. That means I'm going to fall in love again and he's going to die probably. Oh, okay. Because I thought for a while she was trying to fall in love again. Yeah. I mean, clearly she wanted it, but it was also like kind of not great timing. Oh, yeah. I mean, she could be like, let's just put a pin in this. Because the whole murder. <laughs> you might put me in jail for the rest of my yeah. life. So. Also, there's like an undead devil person creating tequila yeah. bottles all over the place. I don't know what to do. It's a conflict of interest, right? Like she says later, he could never truly know that she's not just being into him to stay out of jail. And she could never truly know that he's into her because of more than just a spell. It's a fraught relationship. She runs home and on her way home, she can hear Jillian calling for help from afar. She gets in. Her daughters are freaked the fuck out. Jillian is fully possessed by Jimmy. So Jimmy's ghost body comes popping out of Jillian's body and starts talking to Officer Hallett. So I guess they've kind of had a relationship where like Officer Hallett's been on his trail for a while. Right. There, that was another thing. It's like, oh, it brings really brings me back. And it's like, okay, whoa. It, was that supposed to be – are we supposed to know that? No. I, I mean, I think it's just the kind of thing where like he's on the run from the law, clearly. Yeah, right. Hallett gets to see like the real truth of what's going on. Sally's like, all right, fuck it. I'll tell you everything. And he's like, all right, now I need to tell you something. I read your letter like a thousand times and it's what brought me here and I don't know why. So she tells him, you're here because I sent for you. I worked a spell so I could never fall in love and I created a man who doesn't exist, but you do. He's like, so what I'm feeling is just one of your spells? She's like, yeah, it's not real. So he's like walking away and he's like, 
Curses only have power when you believe in them, and I don't. And you know what? I wish for you too. And she just breaks down. Yeah, she really loses it. So uh, Sally comes back inside, and she sees her sister, and she gives her a hug. And Jillian just like licks the side of her face and is like, I'm really into sisters right now. And so it's clear that Jimmy is still in her, fully in her body. Except Sandra Bullock didn't realize it wasn't wasn't her until he started saying the thing about sisters. Like it seemed like the licking part could have gone either way. Like, yeah, she wasn't it starts that the, freaked out. Just becomes that. a porno. She's like, yeah. wait, why? Sandy knocks her the fuck out. Sure does. And the witches are like, all right. So the ants come back just in time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, we need backup. Time to summon a coven. Even though all the bitches in town have been super judgmental this whole time, Sally just calls them all up and is like, you know what? You're right. I'm a fucking witch and I need your help. And they are fucking psyched. They're so happy. One of the women I love, she's like, Sally finally came out. (laughs) Yeah, I like that part. So yeah, there and even like the girls that are like were super bitchy to her, like show up at the house and she's just like, Oh, you came. They only encounter one piece of resistance. The other women are like bygones be bygones. I actually always loved you. Well, they're like, you're finally admitting to who you are. Like <laughs> that was enough for them. They're like they don't care that you were a witch. You're a liar. <laughs> yeah. We don't stand for that here. <laughs> That really is it, though. That's like actually what the thing is. Yeah, yeah. They're just jealous. Jealous bitches. So now they get to do a little witchcraft. Like they're all about it. The tone immediately changes when they go into the living room and they see Jillian is like fucked up. Like it's like the exorcist. Like she's ill. She's sweating on the floor like she wants to die. So, of course, you know, we know, fun fact, that. <laughs> Kidman is a brilliant actress. She takes her roles very seriously. And she was actually kind of like scaring the director, like the crew a little bit because she was like, when she was getting possessed, she was like flailing around so much. She was banging her head on the floor and they like didn't want her to hurt herself, which she was fully willing to do. So they actually had to like put rubber panels on the floor where she was laying so that she wouldn't actually like knock herself out. Dude, so metal. Bitchin. It's so Sorry. it's very bitchin. Witchin. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Um also like it just seems like everyone who had to do with this movie like a hundred percent believes in the supernatural like the director was talking about that he was like uh her skin would go bright red from white to red to white in waves of purging like they they thought that they're witnessing like a real exorcism and apparently they thought that everyone heard voices talking to them during that scene like it was very supernatural the filming of it Oh, God. They were like yeah. actually summoning some shit. It's crazy. That gives me the chills. Ooh, I've got Aww. goosebumpies. I knew it was going to happen sometime this episode. <laughs> I just wasn't sure. Love it. Um, so, yeah, the women are all in a circle holding their brooms in a, around her and they're doing this chant together. So they start exercising the spirit out of her and she's screaming and shit is flying off the walls. And Sally notices she's just like something's wrong. Sally's like, stop, you're killing her. And so it's like, we have this really tough scene where it's like they don't really know what they can do and he won't let her go. And they're, you know, Sally's on the outside of the circle, like laying on the floor with Jillian trying to comfort her. And Jillian's like, just let him take me. Like, I'm the only one he wants. And it's like a visual nod to a couple other scenes earlier when they're lying in bed with one another. Like, it's kind of, you know, 
really hammering home the like sisterhood aspect of this big time and she's like you can't die we're we're di- we're supposed to die together at the exact same time sally has an idea basically she grabs the tequila lures jimmy <laughs> out and then immediately cuts her hand cuts jillian's hand puts them together combines their magic and gets in the circle with her and all the women hold hands and basically just blast that sucker right out of her she was so confident in that solution and I don't know if there's any like, you know, evidence for that before. No, I don't know why we thought that would work. I don't know why it does work. Because I guess Jillian, Jillian doesn't really have the same gifts as she does. And so maybe it's like she needed sort of some of Sally's more powerful blood in her or something. Right. That makes sense. But basically he blasts out of her, turns into this like dust cloud. The women are just like, all right, ladies, let's clean house. And they start sweeping him with all their brooms out. And now like the Forrest Gump music is playing. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, let's go, ladies. Let's sweep them out. Let's do what we do best. Like, it's like what, what's going women. on here? <laughs> we can do it. We're good at cleaning. And they sweep his little dust cloud into the backyard. <laughs> How many women does it take to clean up a mess? <laughs> Depends. Yeah. Um, that's, a good, that's such a good joke. Depends is like the punchline. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Have I mentioned I'm a comedian? <laughs> well, 12 comedy points to Gryffindor, to Slytherin. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Slytherin. Thank you. So, anyway, we cut to, you know, we snap forward and Sally gets a letter from Investigator Hallett. He tells her that Jimmy's death was ruled accidental. The skull ring is in there. I think essentially Hallett like started a fire and put the ring in there to like clear their names just to be like this was found at the scene of the crime. Do they not need his body? Not in a fire. What about the bones? Bones burn. Not in like a regular fire. Do you watch uh, Making a Murder? Like no. That massive fire. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I'm talking <laughs> Also, why do you know that, you fucking... Because I watch all this fucked up shit. Jesus Christ. And I'm probably wrong, too, so whatever. Well, this... (laughs) You're like, I'm making this up. I need a leg to stand on that this movie is bad. Yes. Well... I just want a leg to stand on. Clearly, um, that's not the logic they're working with in this film. It's just there was a fire. (laughs) They find his ring at the scene of the crime. He's dead. They're good. And she's like, what would you do, Jilly? And she's like, what wouldn't I do for the right guy? (laughs) And it's like, all right, well. So it (laughs) seems pretty decent, Nicole Kidman, I guess. (laughs) That's really good. It seems as though she casts another spell calling him to her. She like blows a leaf into the wind. He turns up. She like comes walking out of the woods to him. She is so insanely stunning. I can't. Get over it or stop talking about it. Yeah. And of course, like the whole family of of witchy women are just so happy to see her get her man. They smooch it out, cut to Halloween. And one of the main things like that we've heard a few times in this movie as people are gossiping about the witches that we take, you know, with a grain of salt is that on Halloween, they jump off the roof and fly. But turns out they actually do. So it's Halloween. All the women in the family are up on the roof in like traditional witch costumes, pointy hats with umbrellas. They jump off the roof and like sail down. The whole town is there watching. Gary is there and he's like basically 
her new husband and the kid's new father just seamlessly. And everyone cheers. And that's the end. Yay. Yeah, I think flying is probably like a strong word there. It's like it's like they slow motion. Down. Yeah, because there has to be some yeah. like plausible deniability. They've got those like umbrellas. It's like, well, it could have been the wind or something. Because like then you're really like, okay, so these are witches. Exactly. In talking through the movie and in me explaining some things that were lost on you, it seems, do you hate it less than you thought you did? I do. I do. I hate it less than I thought I did. Okay. Thank God. I thought that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's parts of this movie that are that are good. I mean, Sandy Bullock is is just to die for. She's so great and just her acting is great. I feel like if they cast this movie differently with actresses that weren't as strong, it would have been a fucking disaster. It would have been a disaster. All right, ratings and summation. I texted Jazz last night and I said, Jazz, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and I don't believe that that's true anymore. I don't think it's one of the worst <laughs> movies I've ever seen. That, no, that I think that you did a good job. You've made me a very happy woman, Dan. I still really, really hate it. Like, really, a lot. <laughs> I am very persuasive. <laughs> Which is a testament to your, your persuasion. Yeah. Um, I thought, tonally, this movie was all over the fucking place. There was things that they would just introduce without any explanation, and they wouldn't follow up. Dialogue was kind of atrocious at times. I mean, I didn't believe for one second that... Sandra Bullock and that guy were actually falling for one another. You didn't feel that palpable fucking chemistry? Are you the heat there? No, because it was all built on lies. Like, because the beginning of it, she's like, I can't tell whether she's flirting to like try to get away with something. And then like everything that's supposed to be taken seriously sure. is not. I feel like it would have been really cool and like really spooky if there was like a little more gravity to any of the situations. I just, I couldn't stand the lack of of logic with her relationship with that fucking guy. It <laughs> didn't make any sense to me. I'm going to give this movie two out of 10 Midnight Margaritas. <gasps> no way. Really? I'm shocked. I'm shocked it's so low. But I respect your opinion, even though it's wrong. It's okay. It's not going to be for everyone. I'm sorry. In terms of my thoughts, I love this movie. It is a fall classic. It is a story about womanhood and sisterhood and coming together and also I think it's it's just spooky enough and it's just dark enough and it's also whimsical enough like I know you're talking about like the tonal shifts but I think I enjoy them because I feel like then there's a balance like you get a little of everything you get a little comedy you get a little romance you get a little darkness you get a little murder like it covers you know and magic and witchiness which i fucking love so i love sandra bullock she's my hero in this i think maybe i just want to be in this movie so bad like i want to if they make another one i think you would have crushed it if it makes you feel any better see i appreciate that maybe the you'd rate it higher if i was in it 100 percent. i give this movie seven burping frogs nice yeah that's got to be the biggest discrepancy definitely we've never been further apart and somehow i've never felt as close to you as i do right now so <laughs> Because if yeah, we can get th through this, we can get through anything. We can get through literally anything. <laughs> the fact that we still like each other at the end of this. Well, because for you, like for some people, they for some podcasts, they would be like debating and be like, are you fucking kidding me? But you're like the most, for somebody who is livid and offended by this movie, you're also like the tamest, sweetest boy. No, I feel that way about because I was like, I, I, I feel like I was being a little 
unreasonable at points and you're like and he just calmly calmly walked me through the logic i was like yeah okay i, I get that so you'd be like well this scene sucks because this happened and i was just like actually that didn't happen <laughs> let me tell you how it did go you hate a movie that doesn't exist right i hate those movies the ones that aren't there <laughs> so you know I'm just uh, just showing you the light. Maybe the next time you watch that movie with new eyes. I was seriously thinking about watching it again if I had time before this podcast just to make sure I really felt did feel that way. But this is good. You should. You, I'm glad you waited until I explained the plot to you. <laughs> <laughs> now that you know what the movie's about, you'll probably enjoy it more. I don't like this movie. Also, maybe like some seminars um, on like maybe some like incel therapy once you start hating women a little bit more you'll maybe like the movie more you don't think i'm in incel therapy (laughs) (laughs) do you know me at all (laughs) this movie is like the last step in incel reversing incel therapy they're like all right you say you don't hate women anymore watch practical magic if you don't get angry we release you yeah, I, I'm in like a doctor's office and they have like the clockwork orange things on my eyes and I'm just watching <laughs> that guy kiss Sandra Bullock and I'm like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I love you, buddy. I'm glad we made it through. I love do. I think this I think we've reached a deeper level of co-host intimacy on this one. And I totally agree. Speaking of witchy autumnal shit, I'm very happy to announce that I have this week released my second single on my comedy album. It's called Basic Autumn Ho. Hell yeah. It is a super fun, catchy bop. It's all about all the most basic, witchy, spooky autumn shit. If you're a woman, you will love it. If you're a guy... I don't know. We'll see what I'll, happens. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love it. This is. Not, yeah. I think you're gonna like. I do think you're gonna like it. I do think you are. It's a bop. Hell Go yeah. to Great. Spotify, iTunes, wherever you stream or buy your music, and look for Basic Autumn Ho. Ho spelled like ho, not like ho. What? See you next week for our last Bye. spooky episode <laughs> of the season. You don't want to miss it. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Movie Club. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and write us a glowing review. We are millennials. We kind of need the validation. For even more goodies, be sure to follow Millennial Movie Club on TikTok and Instagram. Later Later days. days.